Good morning, and welcome to episode four of the Beans Talk Coffee podcast, where we believe your coffee has something to say. Learn how to listen and enjoy your coffee more each week with me as we taste our way around the world and build a better understanding of our daily brew right from home. It tastes better this way. I'm your host, Trevor Ogborn, and today we're drinking Ethiopia Limu from Foreman Function Coffee. I hope you're able to sip it alongside me. As we do at the beginning of every episode, we're starting out by tasting our feature coffee of the week because life happens after coffee and it's time to get started. Foreman Function Coffee is an independent roaster and coffee shop located in Boise, Idaho, with a great emphasis on public education and fostering a greater understanding and appreciation for specialty coffee. The coffee we're drinking this week is sourced from the Simek Daba Plantation, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it's in the Limu region of Ethiopia. Quote, Mr. Daba's farming practices focus on balanced ecology and conservation and are grown in a sustainable way considering both social and economic aspects. Emphasis is given to maintaining soil fertility and conservation using shade, mulch, cover crop, and construction regions on slopes. Employing 10 full-time and 100 part-time workers, Mr. Daba is focused on spreading local economic development within his community. For this episode, I'm brewing with your standard drip brew home coffee maker, using the golden cup ratio of one gram of coffee for every 18 milliliters of water. This ratio is considered ideal for getting a perfect balanced extraction for your standard cup of coffee. And for as simple and unpretentious as this brew method is, I think it really does this coffee justice. Now to taste. This coffee boasts a super balanced flavor with notes of cranberry and wine, which come through bright and playful towards the beginning of the sip and cocoa, which for me comes through more in its supremely pleasant aftertaste. I've also picked up on some dried red apple on the nose personally, so you'll have to let me know if you agree with that or not. This coffee is the first natural processed coffee that we're featuring on the show, which is pretty exciting. As we talked about last week, coffee beans are the seeds of a coffee cherry. Processing refers to the, well, process of removing the seed so it can be exported and roasted. We'll go into this in greater detail in a later episode, but with natural processing, the seed is actually dried inside the cherry fully intact. This means all of that sweetness of the fruit, the cherry, dries with the seed and imparts more exotic flavors for a more complex cup. So while you enjoy your cup of coffee this week, as I do mine, let's jump into this week's lesson. Now, in last week's episode, we defined specialty coffee and what makes it so special in the first place. Sure, coffee has to score well in a formal cupping to qualify as specialty grade, but as we learned, every step between where the coffee is grown halfway around the world to where you ultimately enjoy your cup has to be in tune with specialty in mind to earn that designation. This week, as promised, we're talking about how to actually find specialty coffee. After all, the best way to enjoy your coffee more is to start in drinking enjoyable coffee in the first place. Now, the last step in the process between you and your coffee is the coffee shop. Whether you're buying beans to brew at home or enjoying a drip coffee or latte in store, they are that final filter between you and your cuppa. Their values and goals, or sometimes lack thereof, within the scope of sourcing coffee has a direct impact on what you drink. Just as coffee shops are tasked with finding coffee to serve, you then are tasked with finding a coffee shop to serve you. Pick the wrong place and you're probably not getting the best coffee you can. So how then do we know if a coffee shop is serving or selling specialty? For this, we need to talk about waves. And no, we're not talking about waves you can surf, but waves through history. Modern coffee is currently thought of in three of these waves. First wave, second wave, and third wave, the latter of which is most associated with specialty. 
Before we talk about third wave specialty coffee though, we'll step back all the way to the first wave of coffee back in the mid 1900s for contrast. This is the era of white picket fences and the American dream following the aftermath of World War II. Swanson's has revolutionized the TV dinner and mass produced vacuum sealed processed foods and freezer aisles are king. It's an era of abundance and convenience first and foremost. Coffee has been a luxury staple for some time at this point, but with new developments in food and beverage dehydration and vacuum packaging, instant coffee ready to brew has become a mass market commodity. During the war, it's said that instant coffee proved convenient both to ship overseas and then brew for soldiers' rations. It's thought then that the soldiers had grown accustomed to and even learned to like instant coffee during the war, and returning home brought their taste for tasteless coffee with them, popularizing it among the middle class even more. It's during this first wave of coffee that companies like Maxwell House and Folgers flourish, bringing convenient coffee to the masses who wouldn't otherwise afford it or bother to brew it. Technically speaking, this coffee is awful. It's poor-grade, cheap coffee with little to no attention paid towards quality or equity throughout the supply chain. But it was accessible and easy to brew and made coffee kind of America's drink. It's not until the late 60s and early 70s when Pete's Coffee and Starbucks, you should all recognize that name, come into the limelight, that coffee consumption begins to elevate beyond first-wave coffee consumption. Consumers, that's us, begin wanting to learn more about where their coffee actually comes from and what it means to enjoy the product more. These second wave coffee shops help set the tone for a new type of coffee consumption, one rooted in espresso and lattes, but also one that pays attention to where regionally different coffees are coming from. Starbucks is credited for defining the popular language of coffee and turning coffee from something that cost 50 cents a cup to an experience customers were more than happy shelling out four or more dollars for. They turn a basic necessity and elevate it to luxury, all while making it more accessible to middle class consumers and the masses at whole. Second wave coffee shops like Starbucks will typically have higher end and often even specialty grade coffee available. That said, these places are more focused on sweet cocktail-like beverages with syrups and foams and garnishes and less on coffee as a quality, pure, and standalone product of its own. That said, I need to backpedal really quick because I know I'm probably coming across a little pretentious and alienating some people out there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Starbucks or the like per se. We owe a lot to them for turning the tide towards specialty coffee in the first place and cultivating a culture that sought more information and appreciation for coffee. I myself am definitely an occasional Starbucks consumer, and there's nothing like a sweet, sweet frappuccino on a hot day to make you smile. Needless to say, second wave coffee is still strong today, and it isn't showing any signs of letting up. Where coffee steps up to that next level, though, is with third wave, which first comes about in the early 2000s or late 1900s at the earliest. Think of third wave coffee as an emphasis towards coffee as a pure, refined, artisanal product without all the flair and hoopla of flavor and foam. Where second wave coffee began to care more about coffee quality in the regions it sourced from, third wave really focused with increased intensity. Third wave coffee is specifically synonymous with specialty grade. When you hear specialty grade, you can almost always think third wave. With an emphasis on transparency, relationships, and the coffee value chain at whole, each step in the process from seed to cup is really thought of intentionally with third wave coffee and often passed on to the consumer. Rather than just distinguishing broader regions for coffee, it focuses on building and sharing those direct relationships with specific farmers in those regions. 
Rather than serving up sweet concoctions where coffee is more of a side note, these third wave coffee shops let the coffee itself be the main event, featuring higher grade coffees that speak for themselves without the aid of other ingredients. Another great marker for third wave coffee is an emphasis on education. This comes in many different forms, from hosting actual classes at the coffee shop that teach consumers about coffee processes and tasting, to simply including more information and detail to digest on the coffee bag itself, something we've touched on over the last couple episodes. When all of these things are in sync, transparency, quality, and education, you wind up with a product that transcends its tangible value. Third wave coffee shops feature coffee at its finest, which includes the story behind the bean. Take the story of Mr. Daba and his farm in Limu, Ethiopia, from Form and Function. A greater sense of purpose and connection makes it all more memorable. So that's an overview of coffee and modernity through its waves. First wave is marked with cheap and convenient but low quality and poorly sourced instant or bulk coffees. Second wave coffee has a greater emphasis on quality, but ultimately leans on different flavors and floof to dress up their coffee and create more of a social experience. Third wave puts full attention on the coffee itself, creating a sense of story and place while educating customers to help them better enjoy and appreciate the coffee they drink. You could kind of think of this podcast as like a third wave coffee podcast. So how do you tell if your local coffee shop is third wave? Let's take a look at a couple of those markers and how they turn into cues for you to look for. First, they focus on transparency. For this, you can often look at the coffee bag itself or the coffee description if you're shopping online. How much information do they provide? Do they give you a roast date? Do they tell you a specific farm or elevation region where it was grown? Do they give you specific tasting notes to help guide your preferences? All of these are great cues. How about an emphasis on education? If the coffee shop you're looking at buying coffee from happens to offer classes, that's usually a sign that they care greatly about coffee and your ability to enjoy it more. I highly encourage you, by the way, to attend any classes offered locally. You can also ask questions of your baristas. The more willing and able they are to educate you right there in store on the spot, the more you can assume they serve and sell great coffee. When that culture comes from the ethos of the coffee shop from the top down, you know everything's aligned. Now, odds are you have a small independent third wave coffee shop right near you that checks all of the boxes. If not, specialty coffee is becoming more and more accessible online. And with little effort, I'm sure you can find excellent third wave coffee shops all around the world that would be happy to ship their beans straight to your door. Of course, I also happen to be featuring a specialty grade coffee from different roasters across the world in each episode. So shameless plug, but you can certainly know you're drinking great specialty coffee if you follow along and order our featured coffee each week before tuning into this episode. I put a lot of effort into making sure that the coffees I'm talking about on this show really check those boxes and that I'm sharing something that is great and will give you an experience. That's all I've got for today. I hope you're able to take this week's lesson and carry it forward with you as you enjoy your coffee over the coming week. Knowing what kind of coffee shops there are and how to identify them can help you better enjoy coffee in the first place. If you're supporting third wave specialty coffee, you can also be more confident that your purchase is helping support a healthier coffee value chain. Thanks for listening in to the Beanstalk Coffee Podcast. I hope you enjoyed your coffee just a little bit more today. A huge thank you to Form and Function Coffee for donating this week's featured coffee. Next week, we'll be drinking Black Honey Blend from Truth Coffee in Cape Town, South Africa. If you have questions about coffee that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, like whether it's okay to freeze coffee or whether you should start grinding your coffee at home, I'd love to hear from you. 
You can email me at bt at beanstalkpodcast.com. You can find out about upcoming featured coffees with the links to purchase, how I'm brewing it, and other information about this project online at beanstalkpodcast.com. There you can sign up for the Beanstalk Coffee newsletter to get updates and links right to your inbox. I hope you'll also connect with us on social media, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, sip, sip, share. Hey again, Trevor here. If you're a coffee roaster or have one you'd like me to reach out to, please visit my website and let me know. I'm thrilled to get in touch with different roasters around the world to feature their coffee. It's completely free, and all I ask is that they donate a bag of coffee for me to sample. Thanks, and have a great rest of your day.